Welcome to the Cinema Shit Show. listening i mean hey how are you oh yeah hey everybody uh welcome to the shit show i've just been informed by my co-host shithead shinobi that he didn't take any notes while watching the film um so well here's the thing i just finished it so i'm mm. i'm gonna go based on my memory which is amazing and uh, I wanted to see if I could just wing it for uh, for an episode. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> you said it like you just didn't bother. <laughs> no, I, no, honestly, I. Oh man, this one is. Uh, oof. I really, really love this movie a Sweet. lot. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I. Uh, especially the ending. Man, oh yeah, it gets way off the rails. I didn't. Yeah, I mean, I should have seen it coming, but I didn't see it coming, <laughs> and it came. <laughs> well, what movie did I we think... watch, Ben? What movie was it? So today we watched Basket Case Two. Um, <laughs> it only took me two attempts to watch this movie this time. Mm, so proud of I'm you, working, buddy. I'm getting better. Yeah. So proud. I actually watched it one and a third times today, this time, so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's available on Tubi, uh, which is cool. So anybody who wants to watch it can check it out as well. Um, pause the show, come back after you've seen it. And uh, if you don't want spoilers, because we always give the spoilers away. Um, so... Um, we watched the original Basket Case uh, just a couple days ago, on Tuesday, I believe, uh, with with the shyest Nick, um, Shit Snake, uh, who had <laughs> we had watched Ghoulies two with, um, and we watched the first one, which was a rewatch for Nick and I. It was a first first time for you. And yeah. I what what did you? What did you come away feeling like with that one? I think this is one of one of the few sequels that's actually better than the original. Um, it's definitely a lot crazier and zanier, and um, so I guess if you know you have the list of like sequels that are better, you got The Godfather, you have. Uh, Evil Dead Two. two. <laughs> Terminator Dead two. two. A lot of people think is better. I'm not sure myself. 
I think I like the first one better because it was you know, more like a horror flick. I I I think I I think I like the first one better too. I mean, I know it's not as like you know fancy. exciting and fancy, and <laughs> you know, for the time the technology was great and it looked good. But you know, I'm not a I'm not a huge CGI guy, and so for me, I, I like how how raw the first one was. Yeah, well, I mean, surprisingly, there's, there's, a, there's a lot more physical effects in Terminator 2 than a lot of people think. Um, like, there was a lot of prosthetic work in, and uh, stuff in, like, animatronics and stuff that went into it, but, um, yeah, you know. He also, I heard that he, I heard that he also squeezed through those prison bars, that was real. Uh, maybe, <laughs> I don't remember hearing that. Um, okay, so... Um, first one, very, very low budget. I don't know how much money they have. What, probably like $700,000 or didn't Nick look it up? It was like under, well under a minute, million, I believe. Um, and they shot all around on New York, uh, in New York, uh, without permits most of the time. Um, and it's just really dirty and grungy and I, it just, it, it, you, you, you feel gross watching it. Um, and uh, so it's really impressive for a first-time thing. You know, first-time feature that people made in, like, 1979 or whatever it was. Um, and uh, so then now they've got more money. Um, they have more experience. And you could tell, because it's the same director, Frank Henenlotter, and you could tell he's a lot... He was pretty good in the, in the original, but you can tell he's a lot more assured in this one. Um, and 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 uh, anyway, do you want to do you want to start the plot off? I'm I'm sure you remember that. Like, where do we start? <laughs> so, I kind of miss this from old horror movies where they kind of recap the ending of the first, the last one. So we start off with the ending of the first one, which is uh, Dwayne hanging from the hotel sign with uh, his brother, Belial. Am I saying that right? Yeah, Belial. Belial, um, a.k.a. the devil. Um, And, you know, he's basically, like, trying to kill him. And uh, they fall down, and there's a crowd, and then it kind of uh, jumps into the next one. Right. So, just to catch our audience up, if they haven't seen the first one, um, Dwayne, who is our our main main character, um, uh, has uh, been walking around New York City with this carrying this basket around. You don't know what the hell's going on. But they're visiting doctors and killing doctors. Whatever's in the in the basket is uh, very, you know, murderous. Um, and then it turns out that they were once, like, was it Siamese twins? But Belial was almost all just massive flesh. It was, like, homunculus is what I would say. Yeah. <laughs> um, it looks like a tumor, like a giant tumor. With a face and two arms, yeah. Um, and so they're killing the doctors that separated them when when they were kids. And then eventually Dwayne gets attracted to a woman. Belial gets jealous. 
Um, and, uh, and then, uh, yeah, they attack each other, they fall out the window, and then they end up splatted on the street. But when they made the sequel, they're just like, ah, fuck it, they survived, whatever. Now they're in the hospital. (laughs) And what's funny is, (laughs) Dwayne's in in his hospital bed, and, you know, he's bruised, and he's got his bandages, and he's in traction and what shit, and that looks fine. But then there's... Belial, he's just sitting right up, like, you know, but asleep, and doesn't look any different. Um, but, uh, yeah. Also, also, they have him restrained to the bed. With what? Like, how are they gonna restrain... It's not like he has full-size arms. Like, I feel like he could slip out of that. They were leather. They it were, like, <clears throat> like thick leather straps atta- attached to thick chains. But he still broke the leather. Oh, I. Okay, yeah, I didn't see the leather part. Yeah, when when he like gets mad and hulks out and barely moves <clears throat> his arm, but the straps pop open because he's so angry. Uh, <laughs> um, at this point, he he brings back his special power, which when it happened in the first one, we were all like, "What the fuck's going on?" And it turns out when he gets really, really mad or whatever, his eyes glow red, and then he can take over Dwayne's body and walk him around and make him do whatever he wants. So is that is that like the official stance we're taking? Like, that's actually what's happening? Yeah, because he mentions later um, uh, when he... And we're skipping ahead, but when he shows up at the, at the house, or when he's at the house recuperating in his bed... He wakes up for a bit, and they're like, you don't know what happened, how you got here? And he goes, no, Belial must have been in my head. So Belial completely mm. takes over and can control his body and whatnot. So, okay. anyway, Belial mm. wakes up, and he gets mad, and he takes over Dwayne. He's like, Dwayne, fucking, come on, let's get out of here, buddy. Um, and uh, so they, uh, luckily, a police officer is uh, flirting with a nurse. Um, get shot down, by the way, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, not just because he was a cop, but just because it was just like that smarmy, you know. Oh, I thought you meant because he was a cop. Oh, no. (laughs) We're not going to get into that right now. No, I mean, but, uh, yeah, because, you know, he was... She's like, there's not much to do at 8 a.m. And he goes, oh, I can think of a few things. It's like, oh, dude, God, put your cock back in your pants. Um, well, yeah, but then even when she says, like, she says, oh, and she gets disgusted. And he goes, I meant breakfast. Did he, Ben? Did he mean ba- breakfast? Yeah, I think he was talking about eggs, bacon, and toast. That's Shut the things. fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> So, while they're flirting, Dwayne slash Belial in his head is pulling out his wires and the the and the hoses that are putting Kool-Aid in his body. Do you notice how thin that shit, whatever they were putting in his body was? I don't even know what it was. Okay, so, <laughs> it looked like piss and blood. Yes. Like, what but, were they putting into him? But very thin. Thin blood and very, thin. Yeah. Yeah. Very pisses then. So, but yeah, I don't know. But when they get him to the house, they have the same setup, and it's the same shit they're pumping in him. So I don't know. Hmm. Maybe it was his his uh, 
his blinker fluid, maybe hemoglobin <laughs> or something. <laughs> um, oh, I did like that they brought back the neighbor from from the first one. The neighbor lady when she's looking out the window. No, no, no. The the one that uh, he he actually went and hung out with and told her all about what was in the basket. Oh, oh! At, during the interview. Yeah, at the very beginning, that was very cool. Yeah, I. I, I she was like, "Do you?" Be-? She's like on live air, and she's like, "Do you believe this shit?" And they like tried to blink, uh, blink it out. Did she say that? I don't remember yeah. that part. Um, yeah, they like bleeped it, but you could still hear it. Mm. So when uh, I like that uh, when Dwayne picks up Belial, he's carrying him around the hospital. He carries him on, on the uh, on the right hand side of his body where he was cut off from, um, which is I thought was pretty interesting. That was a nice touch. Um, and then he hides him in a janitor's uh, cart, steals an old man's coat, <laughs> but it's still wrapped in bandages all over his head, and there's a cast on his arm. And nobody sees him walk out. And uh, then uh, Granny and what's her name? Fucking pull up in a in a pervert van with no windows, and put uh, him and Belial in the van and and take him to the to the house. Well, we're skipping the part. So what part? the part where Mrs. Freak and Granny. What's the girl's name? I can't Granny. remember. And what's the girl's? All right. So, anyways, <laughs> she has like she um is watching the interview on TV and then she goes, all right, let's go. And so they go to the, ho- to the hospital. Right. To, to try and rescue them. Right. So yeah, there, and it was like on every station, you know, these, these weird previously con- you know, conjoined twins or whatever, Siamese twins that were murdering doctors just fell from a window and nearly, you know, nearly died and whatnot. Um, so yeah, they, they, they were, that's why they were, that's how they knew where they were. But in Granny, apparently, they tie it into the first one that she knew the aunt from the original. The aunt that mm-hmm. was the only person that really accepted Belial as a human being um, and uh, showed them any kind of love and, and compassion. Um, she's not in this movie. But that's how she knew. I thought that was pretty pretty clever. They didn't just skip over everything. Yeah, so, so she... She's base. She basically has a house of freaks, and she's like the mother. She's like the house, you know, mother, and so they're trying to bring them back so they have like a place where they feel like they can belong. Right, so that they don't end up, you know, getting the death penalty or whatever was going to happen. Yeah, she's like. It's her family. It's their, they're all family. And you see that as the movie goes along. Uh, they're not just like freaky looking people, although they're the freakiest looking people I think I've seen, aside from the movie Freaked. Um, <laughs> but, I don't uh, know. This, oh, I haven't seen Freaked. I thought you meant Freaks, what? like the old. Uh, Shut the. F- I haven't seen Freaked. No, when you guys did the uh, watch party with Donald and Seth and I Nick, wasn't I there. I, I, Oh, okay. Well, they watched it, and I couldn't. I didn't have time, so yeah, I have never seen it, and it's not streaming anywhere. So no, it is not, and you cannot find it on Blu-ray. If you find the uh, DVD, two disc DVD out there, you're going to be paying hundreds of dollars. Um, That's insane. 
You may, well, the studio just buried it and just doesn't want to fuck with it. So you're stuck with what was already done in the 90s. Um, right. Uh, shit, I totally got off track. Uh, anyway, so yeah, we meet our we meet a bunch of our freaks. Like, um, I ha- I have a list uh, here of of all of them, and what they're named. And if I read you the name, do you think you could tell me which freak it was? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. I'll start with the with the most prominent ones first. So there you go. All right. Give you a hint and everything. Okay. All right. Lorenzo. Lorenzo? Yes. Oh, he's the he's the one with uh the giant mouth with all the teeth and he sings opera. Yes. There you go. You get See? a point. Ding. <sighs> let, me, let me put a little check mark here. I'm gonna keep track for you, Ben. Alright. <laughs> um, so there you go. Alright. Um Elise. Elise was the female tumor. <laughs> the female version of Belial, basically, I think. Mm. No? That's, that is incorrect. Her name was Eve. Uh, oh, that was Eve? Okay. Yeah, so another biblical reference, much like Belial's name. Um <clears throat> mm-hmm. Elise was uh, the the one that kind of looks like almost like the top half of her face was a skull, and I think it oh yes. out to the side. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Frederick. <laughs> oh God. Uh... Oh, was he the one that had like the really long face? Yeah, like a pinhead. Yes. Yeah, and I love his introduction uh, because it's like, oh, he's such an introvert and oh, and also scared, but he's also so wel- welcoming to everybody. And then he stops quivering and mewling, and he just goes and waves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so cute. he like he likes he like stems all the time. He's like clapping his yes. hands and yes. Um. There's Eve right there, okay. So the the rest of these are either going to be self-descriptive or even I don't know, okay? Um, okay. We got Worm Man. I know who that is. So he, it looked like he had, like, stringy worms coming off side of half of his face. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They would wiggle around when he wiggled himself. Um, oh, here's a hard one, Ben. Mouse face. <laughs> um, the one that looks like he's a mouse. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know how you got that, buddy. You must have studied. Um, so one of my one of my favorites is the guy who whose head is like a circle with a hole in it, like a like he's got like a donut on the side of his head. It's like I thought to... it was a moon shape, yes. but then it's connected. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, was, his name is Half Moon. <laughs> oh, um, well, there you go. And check this out: um, the person that played him, that was under the mask, uh, David M.G. Flyboy from Dawn of the Dead. Oh wow! Okay. Right. That's crazy. That's pretty right? cool. 
I only learned that today. Um, hmm. So, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Now, I don't think he came back for part three. Um, I'll have to double check. But I, I, I think that was a one-time thing for him because he, he didn't have anything else to do. Um, so, Huge Arthur. I don't know myself, man. So I don't don't no. feel bad. Pearl. I don't know. I don't know either. Oh wait, the one with the really long neck. Oh, okay, where yeah, her neck was probably, like she, I think five feet tall. I think she might be the only other female that we haven't talked about. Right. Um. <clears throat> all right. So Leon. Leon? Yes. No. I think that is the... I don't know who that is, actually. I know he's played by Ron Fazio, um, who I think played the Toxic Avenger. Um, oh, wow. At okay. one point. In one of them. Well, so, so there actually was... There was a guy who was... Uh, who looked like the Toxic Avenger. Ah. Uh, okay. It might have been him. It was actually played by two different people, but he's the only name I know. Um, this one surprised me when, because I hadn't seen this one uh, until they, they weren't introduced with everybody else. They they just kind of pop up in the outside yard when the reporter's sneaking in. Frog Boy. I wonder what Frog Boy would look like. I don't remember one that looks like a frog, though. Oh, dude, totally. And when it gets its close-up in the bar scene, a ribbits. <laughs> oh, when he's eating and he, like, pushes it. He's like, he's, like, soaking it in water. And then he, like, pushes it down into his mouth. Yeah, that's another shot, yes. I don't know what he okay. was dipping in that, in that liquid, but... That was what? at the barbecue at the end. He was, like... Dipping like hot dogs into it and then like shoving it into oh, his mouth. That? Oh, okay. Hot dogs. Um, we're almost done. All right. I don't know if you can get this one or not, Ben. It's <laughs> toothy. <laughs> yeah, I know that one. Um <laughs> That's one of think... the most that's one of the most impressive like effects, I think. Oh um, yeah. Super cool looking. This 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 movie has, I think, possibly my favorite, like, costume design characters. Like, it, it's really, really, really well done. Like, I was very impressed, especially for the time period. Like, <clears throat> it was nineteen eighty nine. Um, when they put this together, yeah, and that's all. Like when I was on the way to the doctor today, and I was like talking about oh these are, that was Gabe Bartalis that that did all the effects on that, um, and uh, some amazing work that he he did on this. Um, he did not work on the first one. I did check on that, um, but yeah, he designed all of the you know the the freak mass and redesigned Belial. Um, they had full on animatronic kind of stuff going on. Big improvement, uh, having him. Um, but, uh, yeah, Toothy, he has, like, ginormous, like, I don't know, like, foot-long teeth starting on the left-hand side, and then they kind of get smaller as it swoops <clears throat> around. It's like like a xylophone. Uh, it's hard yeah. to, yeah, it's, it's, it's 
amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Now this one I might actually be tricky. Brainiac. Brainiac. No. Um, he was like a slump kind of thing, and uh, I think he wore sunglasses. Uh, he was very short, very small, um, and uh, pudgy. Anyway, Platehead. Uh, <laughs> Platehead. Yes. Hmm. I don't remember a... if there was some somebody who had a Platehead looking thing. There sure was. His name was yeah. Platehead. Okay. Yeah. It was like the whole top part of his head um, was like metal, a metal dome, and you could see the skin around it. And his face was all disfigured and stuff and kind of, yeah. Think of a monster. That one I don't remember at all. Oh, it was a really cool design. All right, now, now Ben, I'm going to need you to dig deep inside you for the final freak name. Okay? Let's see if you can figure this out. Man with 27 noses. Well... Unfortunately, the only uh, man that I recognized had 25 noses, so it can't be him. I don't think you can count. <laughs> <laughs> is that actually his his character's name is Man with 27 Noses? I wrote him down from the credits at the end of the film. Wow. <laughs> That's unbelievable. <laughs> And sometimes when you get a close-up of them, there's snot coming out of some some of the noses. That I do remember. That was yeah. pretty gross. So, so who was the lady in the blue that looked like she was like Amish or like Mennonite, Mormon? She was wearing like the house dresses, the younger girl that Dwayne is interested in. I cannot remember her name. I'm terrible with character names. I never, I never remember I don't hardly. I feel any. like they. I don't. I don't remember if they actually like said her name. Yes, Maybe they, they said her name. They did. Uh, I gotta look this up. I just seen mm, something that right. sounds right. You can keep. You can keep going while I'm looking. Because oh I yeah, all right, put me to work, Ben. Here we go. So. <laughs> Dwayne and Lyle have been rescued there, and uh, turns out at Granny's house, uh, it's full of freaks that she's, you know, rescued from across the country, and they, they try to live there um, out of the public eye. They don't want anybody to know they're there. They just want to be a family together. Um, and um, at this point, uh, we're also in... Oh, Belial gets a new basket. Uh, so there, there's that. Um... And then uh, we were introduced to a newspaper reporter who works for Judge and Jury, the America's Bravest Newspaper. So, you know, uh, probably like a mix of The Sun and Inquirer and shit like that. Uh, anyway, yeah. they're, they're she's going to go and try to find Dwayne and Blyle, uh and uh, so she's on. She's on the hunt. Um, her name was Susan. Uh, the the freak girl at the house. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, we don't know that she's a freak girl. Yet. Yeah. I know. Well, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, and I also I also like um the the um uh the new the the reporter. She loves drinking Jolt Cola. There's always Jolt Cola cans laying around on her desk. Um, did you ever have Jolt Cola back in like the nineties, eighties, late eighties, nineties? Oh 90s? yeah, I love that stuff. I Dude, miss it. It used to be so cranked full of caffeine. They had, they actually had to change the formula and take some of the caffeine out. So at that point, might as well just be drinking RC Cola or something. It'll taste about the same. What, what? What was the one that was like Mountain Dew looking, but it had like way, way more caffeine? Surge! Okay, so I've got a story. Um, <sighs> Seth and his friend Chris, Seth of uh, Movie Friends Pod, enemy of our show. No, just <laughs> kidding. Um, lover of vinegar. <laughs> lover of vinegar. He's, he's big into vinegar. Um, he... Uh, bought a case of Surge with his friend. And they decided that they were going to see how much they could drink of it. So he drank, I think, 16 cans in like a matter of like a few hours, I think. Mm. He was like hallucinating. He thought he was dying. <laughs> <laughs> he basically said that it was like like a like a fever dream, but he was like, Alive for it, but barely alive. He thought he was gonna have a heart attack, and I yeah. remember he was probably only like fifteen at the time, maybe. Mm-hmm. So yeah, don't don't drink sixteen cans of surge. That's the moral of the story. I wonder if they had to change their caffeine makeup as well when they came down on Jolt. <clears throat> now Jolt probably had so, way more. So. They actually re-released Surge for a little while. You could buy it on Amazon and different websites. Um, I got a little bit of it, so that was that was awesome. But Sweet. yeah, unfortunately, we don't have anything like that anymore. But you gotta go get a monster instead, and it doesn't mm-hmm. taste yeah. like a soda. It's not the same. Yeah, it doesn't taste like a soda. Um, oh, let's see where 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 the fuck was I, buddy? We were talking about the Joel newspaper Cola. reporter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she she gets harassed by a grocery man. Um, as she's buying groceries. She has two large paper bags full of groceries, and all I could think was, "I hope there's a lot of hamburgers in there," because um, I immediately yeah. thought of the first movie. Um, yeah, and um, uh, Belial's now in therapy with Granny. Like his, <laughs> and she can he can mentally talk to her, and she can understand him. Like whatever they can communicate that way. I'm not sure how that works. Thought he could only do that with you know with Dwayne because they were connected at one point. But one of the things she says to him is, "Well, I understand that, but ripping the faces off of people may not be in your best interest." <laughs> This movie's like really, really goofy for like most of the first fucking hour, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty goofy, but yeah. So it was, I, I was laughing pretty hard about that therapy scene because like he's just growling and she's like, yeah, 
but you know, <laughs> I'm like, what? she understands the growls. <laughs> uh, uh, and at this point, we get one of the best jokes in in the film. That's where Dwayne wakes up and, and uh, he goes to he goes to the bathroom, but he opens the door and Moonface is sitting in there reading the newspaper. It's like, hey. And Dwayne just goes, oh, hey, sorry, and closes the door. And this is, like, the first, I think, I don't know, anyway. And then he's just walking around, we're introduced to how the how the uh, freaks, you know, live in this house. They don't always stay in the attic, right? Yeah. They're not trapped yeah. up there. Um, yeah. And uh, there's, at one point, so Dwayne is uh, going to go out. I don't know, remember what he was doing out there. But uh, there's a gargoyle outside on the roof of the house and it lifts its arm and it laughs at him and i'm like is that supposed to be like an animatronic gargoyle or what and then later on towards the end of the movie at the uh, picnic the motherfucker's real that is a that is another freak that kind of yeah, blew I, I, my I, mind i guess it sleeps outside right well yeah uh, Anyway, that was kind of kind of blue. It's a killer design too. I would not mind having that. Um, so, uh, not a lot really happens at this point. Um, I think at one point, um, Dwayne decides that he wants to go live with what's her name, Susan, Susie, Susan, yeah, Susan, Susan, Susan. He's and he's telling Belial about it, and he's like, Belial, you found someone, which is Eve, the other homunculus that was at the house they're they're kind of into each other uh making googly eyes at each other and stuff so Dwayne's like hey man you know what i want to go out on my own and uh you found somebody here so you be good i want to find somebody um and um probably susan and uh she's really she likes me and appreciates me we're gonna go have a normal life and at this point belial just starts fucking laughing yeah and Which it's was awesome. <laughs> it's creepy. Um, and you're like, what exactly is he laughing about? We don't find out until later, like towards, you know, towards the very end of the film. But it's really mm. sinister. And that's one of the things that this movie kind of does, like in a bit. It's been so lighthearted and goofy and, and odd and weird, but it really turns dark at one point. Um. I don't know if we're, uh, we're, I think we're almost there. Um, but, uh, well, we did miss one part. We did miss one part. Do you remember the reporter calls that like carnival guy? Oh yeah. And she's <laughs> like, uh, can I interview you? And he's like, no, leave me alone. And then she's like, I'll give you a hundred dollars. And then he gets <laughs> off the phone and he starts dancing around. Like, uh, who's the, uh, grandpa from Willy Wonka? Uh, Grandpa Joe, I think. Fuck Grandpa that Joe. guy. He starts like jumping around, and he's like, "A hundred smackaroos, smackaroos, <laughs> Like it was like a million dollars. It's like, bro, it's a hundred dollars. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> so, the uh, Mama Freak is that her name? Or just, are we just gonna Granny. call her? No, they called her Doctor Freak back in the day because she Dr. gave birth. Freak. She gave birth to an eleven-armed child, which then passed away. So it's a really shitty thing to call her. I mean, like, she wanted to do that. 
Um, so just call her Granny. All right, fine, Granny. So Granny shows up before the reporter, and she starts like you know um, interrogating him, and she's like, "How could you make money off of these people? They're not freaks." You know, they just want to have lo- their own lives and stuff like that. And he's they like, they weren't even uh, real. You know, they weren't even real. Right. <laughs> well, right. But then she unleashes some of the other freaks um, onto him and they kill him. Because oh, no. when the reporter shows up, he's dead in the tank, no? It was just Belial. She, she, uh, so oh, this Belial, guy, yeah, yeah. This guy has like a, fr- a side, uh, like a, um, what are the roadside freak show? And he claims mm-hmm. to have the bo- to have Belial there. That's right. what he's advertising to get people in. And of course, that pisses Granny off. Um, so she goes in, and all of his displays are fake. There's a fake mermaid. There's a fake alien, and the Belial is just a bunch of shitty bones put together. Um, and mm-hmm. then it really makes her mad. And she's like, "Yeah, you would try to you know profit off freaks, and even though they're fake and whatnot." So she brings in the basket and she goes, you know, he maybe you two should work it out together. And she just pushes the basket down and leaves. And at this point, that crazy smackaroony guy um, comes over to the basket. And uh, she had called him a bunch of names and he keeps repeating that. Um, there's something mentally wrong with this man. Uh, and as he's reaching out and touching the basket, he tells himself... There's nothing in there. There's nothing in there, which was pretty cool. And of course, yeah, Belial springs out of it and rips it, rips the side of his face off. Yeah, yeah, um, that was pretty cool. That was very cool. Um, so yeah, right. That that's taken care of. So the newspaper woman is now, um, you know, on their on their track, and she shows up, and as uh as she's talking to Granny at the house, um, uh, fucking. Dwayne comes back in after having that talk with Belial where he started laughing at him all evil and shit. Um, and so they try to play it off like he's somebody else. They call him Michael, and he's like, oh yeah, the groceries are in this basket here, um, which doesn't fool anybody. So that night, the, the newspaper lady sends in her cameraman to go and try try to get pictures of the two. Um... And the freaks are waiting for him. They they know they're there. Uh, and when he climbs up the ladder to get into the attic, uh, it's pitch black. And he's he thinks he's talking to just Belial. He thinks Belial is the only one hidden up there. Um, and then he pulls up the camera, and as he takes one picture, it flashes, and the strobe goes off in the dark, and you see all the freaks fucking standing there. And he's like, wait a minute. So he flashes it again, and they've moved a bit. And then um, it just starts going off, and and it gets fucking crazy. It's one of the absolute greatest moments in, like, any horror movie for me. The use of the flash of, like, this dark attic, and then you see the flash, and they're all just lined up there. It's such a... It was such a great decision to do it that way. And then, you know, he starts flashing more to, so he can see what's going on. They get closer and closer. And then I think one of them takes the camera, right? And he's they're flashing because yeah. then they're, like, attacking him at that point. But that Belial scene was is. just, like, 
in, yeah, Belial. It, that scene was incredible. Like that all that's like on like a short list of like coolest scenes in a horror movie for me. Right, because that that's the point where the film all of a sudden goes dark again. Like cuz the first one was pretty straightforward and kind of, you know, dark. It was very low budget, so you can kind of laugh at it with all the silly stop motion and whatnot that was in there and the bad effects. But at this point, the the movie goes, oh yeah, by the way, we're a fucking horror movie, by the way. Um, <laughs> and it really kind of pulls you in. Because from here, we are now going to go meet, um, uh, what's his name? Phil, the private de- detective. Uh, the mm-hmm. newspaper uh, newspaper lady knows that her cameraman is dead, so she goes to a private de- detective she knows named Phil, and he is played uh, by the... Oh, what the hell is his name? Uh, Ted Sorrell. He played Dr. Pretorius in From Beyond. A great Stuart oh. Gordon film with uh, Jeffrey Coombs and uh, the beautiful Barbara Crampton and Ken Forey. Have you ever seen From Beyond? I have not seen From Beyond. God damn it, Ben. What's wrong with you? You're going to horror movie school with me, buddy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so he uh, makes a call to convince Dwayne to come out and, and, and meet him at a bar, right? <laughs> and it's at this point that, that the film kind of, like, what Ted, what, what Phil is trying to say to Dwayne is like, hey, man, you can leave all this behind you because you know what? You're not, you're not a freak. You're normal. You belong out there with the everyday normal people. And he's like, are you sure? And he's like, what if we were in that house with all of those, with all of them, would we be the normal ones at that point? Or would we be the freaks? Um, and then at this point, you notice that the, all the, all the other patrons in the bar look a little off. And right. all the free, it is creepy as fuck because they're wearing like these fake human masks that don't even fit and don't cover anything. But uh, it's it's so great. It's oh. such a great like between this and this scene and then a couple scenes coming up. Like I, the the last half of this movie is like so batshit off the rails, and it's so so good. Like. I'm trying to think of another horror movie where, like, I've liked three to four scenes as much as I did in in this movie. <laughs> That's awesome. The best was the best was uh, the guy with the really long face. He's got a normal size mask on, so he's like trying to like like it's like covering like a quarter of his face, and he still pulls it down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also unsettling. I mean, it's. It's off-putting. Yeah. It, it, it's it's yeah, so no, unnatural. Sure. Um, uh, so yeah, they, they take out they take out Phil um, Phil the private eye. Um, and then they figure out where the newspaper lady is, the news reporter. Um, oh by the way, uh, yeah once again, Belial's the one to actually kill him. Although all the other freaks ever really do is just kind of like stand in the way and like prevent people from leaving and shit. They never actually kill anybody. Uh, it's always mm. Belial. So yeah, they, they yeah. kind of, they kind of corral Phil into the back room of the bar and there's 
there's Belial. And uh, then he, he gets thrown through the door, which was a fucking awesome shot, too. When he comes blasted yeah. through the door. And then uh, there's a terrific, terrific practical uh, prosthetic effect that they did on Phil's face where, like, the side of one half of his mouth area is completely ripped off and you can see the bone underneath in his jaw on upper and lower. Um, that was that was so fucking cool. Um, Super impressive, yeah. Absolutely. Um so uh do 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 Oh I thought this this uh this this scene was fun. So all the freaks pack into the van after the murder is over. Um most of the freaks seem a little freaked out about it, like, you know what? They're I mean, they don't really like the killing. Right. Because they're kinda, you know, making their noises like we're not happy and whatnot. And they all pile in the van, the van squeals out and drives away, and then like a second later, just a cop car drives by the other way, just nice and calm. It was it was a pretty, <laughs> yeah. pretty pretty funny little touch to put in there. <laughs> so now they now they know where the newspaper lady is. Uh, so they 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 go to her apartment or whatever. Uh, Dwayne, I Kevin uh, Ke- uh, Kevin Van Henrik, I think is his name. The guy that plays Dwayne. Um, yeah. This is where his acting really starts to fucking take off, because uh, he has he has he has to basically carry pretty much this whole scene on on his own, like uh, where he's giving his monologue and and uh, kind of like tormenting this this newspaper lady. He's so quirky and like always on the verge of just I don't know, like either crumpling or freaking out. It's like he's mm-hmm. always just teetering on the edge, uh, and and it, it's really a giant improvement from his acting in the first film. You can yeah, and and the thing I liked about him in this movie was, you know, in the first one he <clears throat> he definitely is like not okay with Belial just offing people and the violence and everything like that, but in this one you you see him like teeter and he starts to like kind of get that look in his eye like you know what i'm like almost gonna accept this and he's part of me kind of thing and i i like that like he really pulls it off well where it's like you start to see him be like you know what i'm gonna like i'm gonna i'm gonna do this like i'm gonna accept this basically and i thought that was pretty cool yeah as he felt partly responsible that all the freaks might be discovered now that the newspaper later knew that he was at the house even if he left right they still would have been found out and tormented and tortured and who knows what. Um, right. And at this point, he he uh, he's pretty sadistic too, man. He really hates this yeah. lady and what she's trying to do because he brings out the basket and he's like, "Yeah, he really wanted to meet you." Uh, and so and he opens the lid and kind of like ah pretends to like throw it at her, and she she about pisses her panties. Um, and then uh, she runs around the apartment, and all the other freaks are there. Again, they're just kind of herding her in, so she's stuck. And uh, at this point, Dwayne, I keep wanting to call him Brad Dourif, because he kind of gives me Brad Dourif kind of vibes in this in this movie. But uh, Dwayne looks over and sees her like laundry hamper. It's like a wicker basket. And he goes, hey, 
what's in the basket? And it was it was really fucking it was really creepy the way he said it. Um, yeah. And so yeah, Bly's obviously in her basket and um, uh, takes her out. Um. So again. Okay. Which at the end when they show her face close up, <laughs> yeah. It 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 literally looks like somebody took like a like a they like if they put her hands in her mouth and just like pulled it and like the mouth like moved because it was like her jaw was like pulled and like remember it like went the whole way up the side of her face or at least the skin did it was like twisted like it was like twisted but like it like went way up like it was mm-hmm. like oh it was so weird like, all the way it up was to, awesome yeah um another great prosthetic uh, it was amazing yeah um uh, so here, um, doodly do do. There's the twisted face, uh, and then it gets goofy again. So we just went through like three different scenes that were fucking super intense and dark, um, and, and pretty mental. And now we're going. Everybody's having a picnic in the backyard and making goofy noises and pretending to eat hot dogs. And, uh, it is just, it's really goofy and silly and it's, it's kind of sweet. Cause again, they feel like they're safe now. They're back to being a family, you know, yeah. nobody, nobody's going to break I, them up. I actually really enjoyed this scene because it showed them as like normal people, not that they're people, but that they were, that they're normal. And well, they're uh, people. I liked how they, <laughs> well, yeah, I guess they are, but uh, they, I like how they showed each one trying to eat. Like, did you see the one dude? He put the corn in the cob in his mouth, like a, like a lollipop, and he just like pulled it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, you know, all like them trying to eat hot dogs, and then the guy with all the teeth, like the xylophone teeth, he actually like takes the hot dog and like puts it up underneath his teeth and is like eating like a normal like a normal person. And then you had the frog guy who's like I said he was like, you know, like soaking his food in the water and like pushing it down into his mouth. So I thought that was a pretty cool scene with um, you know, them showing them all. But yeah, it was it was like a like a, you know, family dinner kind of thing. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I really like what it represented, but it just seemed I don't know, it just seemed like after going through all that intense shit for the past 20 minutes or so, um, that it was kind of cool. jarring. But, I mean, it's back to where the I way think... the way it was before, before everybody was about, you know, to be exposed. Yeah, and I think, I think that it needed some levity at that point. Like, if they just kept going darker and darker, it would have been maybe too much, you know what I mean? Right. After uh, those, like, intense scenes, like, to have a scene that was kind of normal and funny and stuff well uh it, it's about to get funnier um, <laughs> oh man so good we're we're almost at the end here if you're still with us and you don't want to miss some of the most bizarre shit you've ever seen committed to film uh, and you don't want it ruined for you, this is the time to go ahead and watch the movie on Tubi. Um, so, Pause uh, this, go watch the movie, come back. Because uh, I, I... Okay, so up to this point, the weirdest sex scene that I've ever seen in a movie, besides Necromantic, but that's just sick, ugh. was 
the sex scene in Border. Have you ever seen the movie Border? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, no. so the so Border is this is another spoiler because I recommend watching this blind. But it's about trolls. But they look kind of like humans and they're like out in the real world. There's a sex scene where <laughs> they're in the woods and they're like getting it on and she has like this like thing come out of her like genital area but it looks like a like a weird like alien finger almost and they start kind of just like oh dude it's so oh god it's so bad but this is actually better this is like <laughs> way crazier <laughs> so Dwayne is is up by himself um doing who knows what Belial is up with Eve and giving each other googly eyes and stuff as well. Um, what was her name? Susan? Susan? Susan, yeah. Uh, so she's going to go talk talk to Dwayne. And at this point, Dwayne is like, yes, let's leave. We're normal. You're normal. We can leave. We're normal. And, uh, and then right. um, all of a sudden, Belial and Eve are starting to get romantic up there. And Dwayne can feel it. Uh, he's not sure what it is, but um, he starts like making out with Susan and stuff. Um, but uh, the most important part is we cut back up to uh, Belial and Eve, the two homunculi uh, that are just lumps of flesh, uh, and they start touching each other like. Belial takes like the cloth off of Eve and puts his hand on something. I don't even know what it's supposed to represent. Okay, so I was trying. I'm watching this. I'm watching the scene, and I'm like, okay, what is what is going on here? Because at first I was like, all right, something's like obviously they're like starting to like you know make out or whatever. But like he's there's like just this like fleshy, lumpy like part of her body and he's like touching it in like a sexual way yes. and I'm like oh god this is fucking wild As it, cause I'm like is that supposed to be a boob it, it, it yeah I mean I, I think that's kind of what it seems like or you know who knows I, uh, you know, they don't have like actual human genitals so who knows what it actually was well, but. they have some kind of genitals as we will see um, <laughs> so the two homunculi are participating in a heavy petting and foreplay, uh, as are now Dwayne and Susan. Um, and so now we're going to kind of focus on Dwayne and Susan. She's trying to tell him something. He's not listening. He's like, what? She's like, oh no, there's, there's something you got to know, blah, blah, blah. He's like, Hey, whatever it is. I love you anyway. Shut the hell up. Let's make out. Um, but eventually she's like, well, here's the deal. Uh, I, I was with a man once, and uh, it, 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 it showed me that I was different. I, I didn't realize it before that. He got me pregnant, and I've been pregnant for six years. Well, so he's trying to have <laughs> sex with her, and she goes, yeah. wait, I'm pregnant. And he's like... What? Because <laughs> she's not showing. Like she's no. not. She doesn't have a belly. She's like she's not. 
And he's like, she's like, I've been pregnant for five years. And he's like, what do you mean? And she pulls up her Mormon Mennonite house dress. And she has like this, like, like a scar where it looks like a, like a, a C-section. C-section scar. But it's like vertical, not a, like a cross. Like an and, autopsy scar. Right, right. And so she, she goes laying on the bed and she goes she kind of like puts her hand on both sides of her stomach and kind of just like like squeezes it a little bit and then all of a sudden the fucking chest burster from alien comes flying out of her stomach and he's like like his like face is in shock and she's like oh no he's totally friendly (laughs) he just has to come up for air every once in a while Yeah, she's like, oh, he just needs oxygen once in a while. And he's like, what? And so she does it again. And the thing is like right in his face. And he's like, and it's like uh, the plant from uh, Little Shop of Horrors, like a like a like a naked skinless Seymour. And it's like, like in his face. And Dwayne is just like blown away. Like, what is going on? The love of my life has this chest burster inside of her. And it was dude, it was so wild. Did you just call the plant from Little Shop of Horrors? Seymour? I, did. I messed up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I realized that after I said it, but I was just going to go with it. <laughs> and hope nobody noticed. We're going to get emails. Feed me. We're going to get emails of people Seymour. going, God damn it, Ben's an idiot. The name of the plant is Audrey, too. All in all caps. Feed me. Um. Yes, please, by the way, anybody listening, if you're listening still, uh, <laughs> what are you doing? Feed me, Seymour. Oh, my Lord, Ben. If you're listening, and if we say something incredibly wrong and incorrect, like factually incorrect, please let us know. We're not talking about opinions here. But, like, if somebody... Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I would like some hate mail. That'd be fun. Well, yeah, I mean, we could disagree, and whatnot, but I mean, I really would like people to tell us when we're absolutely fucking idiots, because we're idiots all the time. But when we're absolutely fucking idiots, yeah, please point that out. Um, yeah, like a level eight, eight or higher idiot, you know. <laughs> so yeah, I I actually got the vibe that it, the that hand puppet coming out of her tummy tum tum uh, really reminded me a lot of the uh, the penis puppet from. Uh, class of Nukem High, trauma flick. Like, oh, oh yeah! Wait, no, wow, I've was, seen that forever. Yeah, I, yeah, and then they reused it in Tromeo and Juliet, I believe. Um, I have not seen that one. Oh, dude, that movie's fucking great. Uh, I think that's the one that James Gunn wrote. Um, mm. the guy does all the Guardians of the Galaxies and shit now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. from St. Louis. I got to, I got. Oh, okay, that's I, cool. I went to like a uh, a screening of Terminal and Juliet down here, and uh, he did a Q and A um, beforehand. It was pretty cool. Uh, I like James Gunn. He's he's good. Yeah, he's a fucking nutcase. Um, yeah, well, that's why I like him. Yep, but there's no way that fucking thing is fitting in her body, and her organs are still in place. No way. That, I don't, no, no way. That thing was huge. Yes. I mean, we were talking about how the original Belial in the first movie, when they sh- sometimes just showed the arm coming out, that there's no way 
that that thing is fitting in there. Uh, but this was even more over the top. There's just no fucking yeah. way that exists in reality. Um, it kind of reminded me of uh, like Tremors, the like the thing. Oh yeah, that comes a graboid. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, wait, how is this six foot thing sticking out of her body right now? And where does it go when it goes back in? Right. Mm, that's one These hell are of a the, large intestine. The uh, pressing questions. <laughs> so Dwayne freaks out. He loses his shit because he's a he's he's been he's been like emotionally and mentally on the verge of going one way or the other this whole fucking film pretty much. He's always been well on the edge. Well, also, he's, you know, I think he like genuinely likes her a lot. Like, you know, he thinks that he can like build a life with her and so, you know, to find out that she's 6 years pregnant or 5 years pregnant with a sand dune monster in her body <laughs> right but uh i mean she was trying to prepare him and trying to talk to him and he would not fucking listen he would not you know he, he had to find out for himself um typical he, male he never questioned why she was there right you know uh because like like they've been saying throughout the film like he's like i mean i look normal don't i but inside, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I may be, you know, the freak. Um, I just look like them out there. Um, but now, you know, he's like, hey, let's go be normal people, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, I got to tell you something. Oh, shut up. Uh, doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> so, so he snaps and he cannot handle this. And at the same time, this is going on. Oh. <laughs> okay, so I can do it. You can do it. All I can right. do it. All right. At the same I'm time, mute <laughs> I'm gonna mute myself. I'm gonna mute myself. I can't. and Eve have moved past the heavy petting uh, and the foreplay, and they're now having full-on sex. Belial is behind the Eve homunculi. And thrusting into her. Now, Eve, I must say, does have other appendages other than just her arms. She has little squiggly frog legs. I mean, they're legs, but I mean... And they're full out behind her, shaking in the air as Belial is just plowing into her. And then you've got the moans... Uh, oh, it's so it's so it's, good. It's so good. It is the fucking craziest thing I had seen. So in forever. It's her. So I thought that I noticed this, but I couldn't pay attention enough without laughing. Was her face Susan's face? Was like he like projecting that on her? I because she had like a human face. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think it was meant to be her. Okay. Um, because I, I was kind of thinking the same thing, but they're in no way related, and I don't don't think at any time they've shown that uh, Dwayne's uh, mental instability is changing what we're seeing in the film. It's all presented as this is what you see is really happening. Right. So for the, I don't think I don't think uh, Hinton Lauder would have would have thrown in a, a a change like that at the last minute. 
Um, okay, I was just curious because I I thought because if you remember um, when Dwayne and Susan are like making out, they're flashing back and forth between Belial and Dwayne, and like uh, Belial starts doing that crazy thing with his eyes. So that I was thinking that maybe he was like taking over. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I could know. Be completely wrong. I mean, because yeah, they were both kind of sharing being turned on together. But I mean, this right. time Belial wasn't trying to get with a human woman because he doesn't need one. He's got a homunculus woman. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So anyway, you've got uh, one blob of flesh going oh 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 oh, and another blob of flesh going. Um, till they reach orgasm. Um, well, what was funny is I had, I watch everything with subtitles on, and during that scene, it says <laughs> the climax. It goes climax. <laughs> <laughs> um. So whenever anybody asks me. For my opinion on greatest sex scenes in a movie, I think that's going to probably be at the top of the heap. Oh, it's right up there with the pool scene in Showgirls. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's in the top ten for sure. Fuck but... yes. <clears throat> uh, yeah. So, uh, alright, Dwayne's freaking out now. We're done with the sex scene with the, the fucking... Oh, God. Alright, so uh, Dwayne's freaking out. She, uh, Susan's trying to calm him down. She's just like, look at me, look at me. And he's swinging back and forth, covering his eyes. And he pushes her. She slams into a a lamp. She still gets back up again. She's like, you know, Dwayne, calm down and look at me and just look. And, uh, he flings her off again. And then he flings her off one more time. And she goes flying out the window backwards. Because again, Dwayne's yeah. a fucking idiot. <laughs> um, she goes flying. And that out. was another. Hmm. That was another cool scene, cool action scene. It reminded me of like stuff from like the eighties and nineties, like Roadhouse or like you know where somebody like flies backwards and like you know everything explodes and. It looked like there to me. It looked like uh, more like the staircase sequence from Psycho. Where the camera kind of mm. stuck with the with the actor as they fell backwards, um, it looked yeah. like they were kind of doing something like that. Um, it was it was it was impressive, and then she ends up landing on the picnic table where everybody, all the freaks, are have been enjoying themselves this whole time. And man, I, this this is gonna sound silly, but they all kind of start like crying and shit because you know part of their family is dead now. And I was like, oh, God, I feel really terrible for these prosthetic masks. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? It's, uh, it, was, it was pretty affecting. Because, um, like I say, the movie's done a good job of showing them as a, as a family unit and, and how much they take care of each other and all of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's actually a couple scenes in this movie where they really show some humanity. And, you know, it's... Uh, I think it's maybe just like his take on, you know, re- the rejects of society and how we're s- they're still normal, they still have feelings, they still care. And uh yeah, it was uh it was a cool scene, but d- is she actually dead? 
Don't they try and revive her? And No, Granny comes up and checks her pulse, and that means that the, both of them are dead now, apparently. Oh, her okay. and the baby. Whatever that was. <clears throat> Graboid. Uh, but no, she pronounces her dead, and then she's like, go find Dwayne. And so all the freaks run off, and it's, this one now we're back in silly silliness again, because now we cut to like a, a kind of a wide shot inside the house uh, downstairs, and all of the freaks are just running back and forth, <laughs> over and over again, in one door, out the other door, doing some Scooby Doo type shit, um, and making their little mewling noises and whatnot, and and uh, just like it's like. How are you gonna find anything? It uh, felt it felt very Benny Hill. Yes, ish. Like I wish that that music was playing during that scene. I would have lost my mind. Somebody should. Somebody with uh, editing talent, which is not me, should probably do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll pay somebody five dollars to make that happen. Oh, five dollars! Golly, I gee. will bend mo- I will Venmo you five dollars if you can make that happen. Um, so at this point, Dwayne has snapped, and he's now accepted. Instead of trying to be a normal person, now he's snapped the other way, and he's like, "You know what? Uh, I'm a freak, and you know what? Uh, I I need to be back with my brother. You know, he's like a part of me. Um, so he goes, and he grabs Belial. Well. He's given this speech again this whole time. And, and again, Van Henrik uh, really gives a great, great performance in this film. I can't praise enough how much he's grown from the first film. And he even grows oh, yeah. from the beginning of the film. I don't know how the, what, what sequence they shot it in, but he seems to get more and more confident in his acting as the film goes along. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. he's given this, you know, another soliloquy to himself and whatnot. And, uh, He's digging through, digging through the uh, toy box and gets that bat. And when he comes up and he's, he's there's uh, Belial and Eve, you know, having their poise-coital nap. Um, cause, Which I thought was really sweet. Yeah. Like, they were just, like, kind of cuddling, mm-hmm. and, you know. Happy. I thought that was cool. For once. Yeah, yeah. For once, Belial's happy. That's, that's never happened. Um, and then uh, fucking Dwayne walks up and he goes... He, he lifts the cover or whatever, and Belial looks up like, huh? And he goes, hey there, can I talk to you? And he whacks him with, with the baseball bat. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was really well delivered. It was, it was very funny. Yeah. So he, he, he takes Belial, and he goes back to the uh, playroom. And that's where the yarn and the needle are. Because at this point, he decides... He's putting them back together. And he puts Belial up on his on his uh, right-hand side, where he always holds him uh, when he carries him. And he grabs this giant needle with fucking yarn, and he starts to sew them back together. Now, fucking Dwayne's lost it so bad, he, he basically, I guess, is not feeling much of anything right now. Or it could be the scar tissue, you know, that, uh, I, yeah, I I think it was a mat. I think it was a cross between adrenaline and you know the scar tissue at that point. But Belial, <laughs> on the other hand, is screaming in pain, yeah. and again, 
it's just a lump of latex. <laughs> but I was like, oh, God, I feel so bad for him. Um, yeah. And plus, he's being taken away from his happiness at the same mm-hmm. time. Um, and then, uh, so, yeah, he starts sewing them back together. Finally, Granny and the, and the, and the freaks walk in. And they're like, Dwayne. And they cut to a full shot. And you see Dwayne and Belial sewn together. And all you can hear is, like, Belial going, oh, like it's just been through so much pain and now you know you know that feeling i know we've been there when we get hurt really really bad um and uh it's just it was heart-wrenching i can't believe i'm saying this (laughs) but i mean it was it was (laughs) uh it's amazing um and that's that's basically the end that's it they're back together Oh, and then the so at that point he finishes sewing him on and then uh Granny and the freaks walk in yeah. and she, she she looks at him and he goes, It's okay, we're back together. Yep. <laughs> I was like that it, just the way he delivered the line was so good. Uh Van Hitterick is uh just again, I, I can't tell you how how impressed I was by his performance in this film. Um, uh, I think, I think probably, uh, Hindenlut, director Hindenlutter had probably learned a lot, you know, making the first, uh, making the first basket case or basket case. And then he was, uh, he was hired to direct two movies back to back. One was basket case two. And the other one was Frankenhooker. Did you watch that one yet? Yeah, love it. Love it. It's it's great. Yeah, and uh, James Lawrence is the uh, star of that one, and he is just a comedic genius. the The way he delivers lines and um, uh, his presentation, I love James Lawrence so much. I wish he would have had a bigger career. Um, but uh, so they shot that one first. So I think again, both him and you know him Lutter and the crew and everybody had learned so much from, from doing that, that when they got to best case two, uh, they were much more assured. Um, now I would, I, we're going to delve a little bit into, I know everybody, it's an hour and 15 minutes in, into, uh, describing a film. <laughs> here's the, here's the synopsis, everyone. Uh, but, <laughs> Um, so after they got done, uh, making Franking Hooker, uh, they had made a lot of choices in that film to avoid getting slapped with an X rating because the MPAA at this point in time was really hard on independent films. Um, you know, uh, they, they would really come down hard on them and, you know, like what Friday 13th, seven, there's, there's practically no gore in there why are we watching a friday the 13th movie without any gore tell me that yeah. um it's terrible <laughs> uh i love the movie and I, I just wish it could be the movie it was really supposed to be uh but so they that's why when the women explode the 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 hookers smoke the super crack and explode in freaking hooker <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh that's why it, there's no gore. They're just it's like they're full of fireworks and they're ma- they're mannequins. They just fly apart. 
Um, yeah, they just like fly apart like a mannequin. Yeah, yeah, it was a very, very conscious decision on Hindenlauter's part uh, when they put that movie together to try avoid that. But the MPAA slapped him with an X rating, um, which when you get an X rating, you can you basically can't release your film. The theaters aren't going to run it, and uh, you can't take out um, ads in the newspaper or television anymore, really. Nobody wants to run that. So, I mean, your movie's dead in the water. Yeah. So, they, they uh, you know, they, they were trying to work with the MPA to find find out what to, what to do, and the head of the MPAA uh, said, this movie should be rated S for shit. <laughs> And so that's hysterical, right? But it's so fucking asinine. It's like you don't have to like the movie, dude. That's not your job. Um, and so uh, the production company, the the production studio, quoted him in that, like in interviews and stuff. And they started to get a lot of blowback. Um, so eventually they they got to release it, you know, with with a little bit of cuts. So when it finally came time for them to put Basket Case Two. In front of the MPAA, the MPAA just went uh, rated R. Get out of our face. We don't want to deal with you anymore. <laughs> that is awesome. Because <laughs> Hindenlauter thought he was going to have to cut out all that fucking homunculus sex. Which, dude, if that's well, not in the movie, there's, oh, no, there's no, no it movie. Has to be in the movie. Oh, there's yeah. There's no movie. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That's so awesome. Uh, was there, uh, let's see, was there anything else that I, uh, oh, I wanted a just fun little thing that I learned. Um, the cop at the beginning that, that's flirting with the nurse, mm-hmm. you know, that's mm-hmm. the guy that does like the vocal effects for Belial and all the, all of the other freaks, which, it, oh, wow. Yeah. Which in, in the credits, they're actually called unique individuals. Because they didn't want to hmm. call them freaks because they're people, right? Um, but yeah, well, we called them freaks. Yeah, we did throughout the whole fucking episode here because we are just shitty, shitty people. Sorry, I, I you know, I mean, I don't. Th- oh, God, I guess they're humans. I don't know. I'm a little, I'm a little unsure about Frog Boy. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how that works. <laughs> Even sounds like a frog. Um, and then, if you, if you watch through to the very end of the credits, as I have always done since I was a child, um, I mean, come on! If you if you weren't sitting back through sitting through all the credits back in the eighties, you would have missed Skeletor at the end of Masters of the Universe, right? Um, you would have missed uh, at the end of like. Uh, Oh, what the fuck? Killer Clowns from Outer Space on VHS, the original release. They had the, the music video by the Dickies. Um, mm. If you didn't sit through the crash and shit, you missed stuff. It didn't just start with Marvel. Um, but, so I sat through the credits on this again. And uh, at the very end, it, it the very, very last thing it says, there's a paragraph that's like, uh, the stunts that were done in this movie are very difficult and done by professionals and they should not be attempted and da 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 And I'm like, what other movies have put that on there? Was that, was that like a common thing in the 80s? Did you have to... 
they have to put the jackass I, disclaimer on there? <laughs> I mean, I don't personally remember that. Yeah. That's that's the only time I remember seeing it on on something. So, well, what do you? Uh, all right, so are we gonna hit our ratings now? Are we gonna are we gonna rate them yeah, by let's... airheads? Or airheads? Or gummy bears or whatever the fuck shit snake is rating shit by? Oh, he does uh, uh, sour patch kids. Oh uh, yeah, uh, fucking too complicated, man. You gotta know the colors and the flavors. Plus, you have to like the flavors as much as he likes them. It don't make no sense. I'm not. I'm not into it. Fuck you, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, Nick. (laughs) Nick is the only person in the world who listens to this podcast, so we can just have like a conversation with him, like he's here. Um. So for me. Man, I I think this is. I think if I was rating it just at the of of like where it starts from the attic scene with the photographer, I would probably give it a five. But I think this is a very solid four for me. Yeah. If it would been more dark and serious throughout, would have that. That have given yeah, you the five? Yeah. I mean, you were just yeah, saying think... that you didn't think that they could keep that going, you know, throughout. Well, yeah, I mean, you obviously have to have some of the funny stuff, but I, I, I think that there was just a lot of filler in the beginning. It, it, it didn't feel like a horror movie. You know what I mean? There was just a lot of the like different people talking, and there wasn't a lot going on at some points of this movie, but. In my opinion. Okay. Um, but even having said that, it, I still think it's like a very solid four for me. Okay. Um, yeah, that's probably where I'm going to fall too. Um, I, I, uh, I, I saw it back when it first came out in 1990. I tracked down the, tracked down the VHS. Um, cause I'm, I'm a, I'm a loyal, uh, fucking goddamn cinemasochist and, I didn't know if it was going to be any good or not, right? Because the first one was so silly with the stop motion and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, I really loved it. Um, <clears throat> and then I watched it again about six months ago when I got the Blu-ray from Synapse Films, everybody. Nice. It's a very nice transfer. It's absolutely gorgeous if you want to avoid the commercials from, from Tubi. But uh, you can go get that awesome Blu-ray. Uh, and then I watched it again today because Ben... Even though, you know, we had a schedule where, you know, we were planning to start recording around 9 p.m. my time. Well, uh, you always <laughs> say that it's too late. So the first time I can actually record early and you're like, nah, what? I'm an old man. No, because it's also the day where I had two doctor's appointments. And I, I, know, just, I know. <laughs> I'm just giving I'm just giving you shit. I'm giving you so, shit, too, you fucker. One one thing I wanted to point out about this, there were no wigs in this movie, <laughs> which I'm very disappointed in, because the wigs in the first one were killer, killer wigs. We only talked about also, one wig. Also, no, there was more than one wig. We only focused on one. The girl's wig. 
uh-huh. the second uh, the the secretary for the doctor the the old lady in the building had a wig and I'm still not convinced that Dwayne didn't have a wig on. That hair was out of control. Oh, dude, I think that was just seventies hair, dude. So should have seen his in crotch. this movie. In this movie, <laughs> he just cuts it all off. We did see his crotch. In the first one. Yes, he's running down the street. Oh yeah, that's full bush. right. Yeah, he was bushy there too. Dude, he had that was the biggest bush I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> Like it, dude. It was like out of control, and his whole peen was out, just like flopping around while he's running down the street. Uh, we're we're such a a beautiful uh, piece of nature, you know. You see a woman <laughs> running, and it's like, oh, okay, nice. You see a guy running out of the way. So I think if this movie had wigs and a and full frontal peen, I probably would have made this a five star. But we didn't have those things, so yeah, uh, yeah definitely a solid four. Um, do are so you? So who would you who huh. would you recommend this to? Like people we know. Like if you're a horror, f- no, like if you're a horror fan, like who are you recommending this to? Like if you like this, you'll like Basket Case too. Well, if you like Freaked, the Alex Winter film, which, by the way, if you didn't know, Keanu Reeves is in it, by the way. Uh, he's, he's uncredited. I hate all of you. He's uncredited. Uh, dude, I grew up, or not grew up, but in, in the 90s, I watched this, that Freaked over and over again. It was part of the acid party. Um, <laughs> um, if you like Freaked, you definitely like Best Case 2, I think. Um, also, if you're just kind of a fan of low-budget horror independent that just goes all out and doesn't give a fuck and wants to be its own thing, you know, I like, I, I would put Evil Dead 2 in, 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 in kind of that basket. Ha-ha! <laughs> um, What's in the basket? <laughs> What's Stop in it. the Oh my god, it's not okay, not I, even a good fucking whatever his name is. Val Kilmer. No. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Yeah. Brad Pitt. Wow, Val Kilmer. Uh rest in peace. So yeah, if you like if you like comedy horror, um, if you like that independent spirit, um, things like that, I, I would definitely rec- recommend it. Um I think I think I would I think I would pair this with Slither. Have you ever seen Slither? Oh yeah, that's another James Gunn flick. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you if you like if you like James Gunn sense of humor, I think Basket Case is definitely uh, should be on your watch list for sure. You know, and that's funny because we brought James Gunn up a couple times, and like we said, he he got to start uh, with Troma, um, doing screenplays and and whatnot for Troma, and uh, helped. Uh, he co- helped co-write uh, one of Lloyd's books, probably Make Your Own Damn Movie, I think it was. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he was just a really funny, like, out, out there fucking crazy guy. Uh, when you watched this, at the beginning, it apparently said a Troma Team release. It had the, it had the Troma logo at the beginning. 
Yeah, it said Lloyd Kaufman and some other guy. I didn't recognize his name. Uh, some, uh, <laughs> yeah, Kurtz, I, I think. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. And, th- and then he said, uh, and then it said Trauma Team release. I actually met Lloyd Kaufman at San Diego Comic-Con. That probably would have been around 2005, six. He was the nicest guy. I mean, like, so down to earth, just funny. He, uh, I had um, bought a copy of the Cannibal the Musical. Sweet. And when I realized that he was there, I was like, "Hey, would you sign this for me?" And he's like, "Yeah, of course." So I have, I have uh, Lloyd Kaufman's signature on my copy of Cannibal the Musical. Oh man, but yeah, he's. I, and I said to him, I said, "Look, I said, I, I said." You're probably not going to believe this. I said, you know, there's no hyperbole here. I said, you are absolutely one of my heroes because, you know, there's a lot of people that are quote unquote rebels in the Hollywood system, but they're really not, you know, like they do some things that are different, but like Lloyd Kaufman, he literally does whatever the fuck he wants to do. And there's not, there's not a pretentious bone in his body, dude. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's about. He knows what his audience wants too, man. He's this right. yeah, he's he's fucking I wish I could meet him. That's awesome. Yeah, he I was like, look, I'm like I'm like, dude, you're one of my heroes. Like I, I'm like, you have inspired me to just do my own thing. And because, you know, at the end of the day, like you know, they pretty much self produced everything. So I mean they could do whatever they wanted. Like there was no, they're not answering to a studio or so. Yeah. yeah I mean, um, uh, what was it? Oh man. I was just going to say something, Ben, and I forgot. Uh, <laughs> I'm shocked. Uh, I know it never happens, dude. Uh, I was going to say that this movie, uh, this is not what I was originally going to say just like 60 seconds ago, but I was going to say this like, uh, three minutes ago. Uh, this, uh, Basket Case 2 was not originally released by Troma. Um, and then when you, when you texted that to me, you're like, you didn't tell me this was a Troma movie. I'm like, that's cause it's not. Uh, so <laughs> turns out, I, I think it was around two, 2021, uh, Troma got, got the streaming rights to, uh, release Basket Case 2 and 3 at least. Not, not number one, I don't think. Um, and that's, so they, they were able to slap their logo on that. That really threw me, threw me for a loop. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you want to check out the third one at some point? Not, not right away. We're going to, you know, keep things moving and different and whatnot. Do you want to watch the third one at some point? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to watch it either way. So, well, I mean, if we're going to, if, if, if we're gonna like talk about it, let's wait until we're ready to record. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Yeah. Or if, I'd like to give us some space too. Anyway. Yeah. Absolutely. Or if we just want to do a watch along, or something. Well, Nick hasn't even seen the second one yet. Um. But yeah. Uh what a what a great what a great movie, man. What's so creative, uh, and full of like love and and stuff that it is just. It starts off so silly, and you're like, "Look at all these weird masks and da 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 da," and what a what a goofball situation. And then it starts to get dark, and then you learn more. You know, you see the family interact, and then at the end, when there's trauma, trauma, um, then and you see them all, 
uh, interact together. It, 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 it's it's really impressive that that they actually even tried to pull that off with this you know cast of characters. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of the the movies where you know a lot of pe- a lot of the movies from back then were just su- silly and goofy and zany, but you know this had some uh, some nuance. It was you know there was some uh, emotions to it, so that was kind of nice. All right. Are you a fan of? Chud 2, Bud the Chud, Ben? I have not seen the first Chud yet. Oh, first one I actually enjoy. That used to be a constant rental on, on my list. Um, and uh, But uh, yeah, then they made a sequel, Bud 2, or Chud 2, Bud the Chud. Cover looked great. Looked like, you know, the creepy monsters that came out of the sewers on the first cover and whatnot. But then you watch it, and it's basically just like a re- a rejected Return of the Living Dead sequel. Oh, it's okay. awful. I fucking hate it. Uh, new Toxic Avenger movie coming out. Since we're talking about trauma, we should bring that up. I'm I'm pretty excited. I think it's going to be fun. I mean, I love Peter Dinklage. I love Elijah Wood. You know, it's funny. I never was really a huge Elijah Wood fan, but he, as he's gotten older, he's really gone full on just like weird films. Like he's in some weird stuff. Uh, the uh, Maniac, obviously, which he's so creepy in. Like, I actually, I think I might actually like that movie better than the original. I- it's at least darker and like more creepy. No, it, del- it delves more into the care. It gives the it gives the maniac more of a character and something to grab onto instead of just I'm really crazy and I like to kill people in violent ways. But we talked about this uh, on a, on on a previous episode, and we both got something wrong because uh, we were talking about Elijah Wood and how he does does crazy movies and whatnot, and we had mentioned Swiss Army Man, but that's not mm-hmm. Elijah Wood. That's Daniel Radcliffe, isn't it? Harry Potter. Yeah, isn't that him in yeah. Swiss Army Man? It is. Okay, it is, we yeah. both fucked that up. Yeah, right. he's in Come to Come to Daddy, or I thought that was Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood, yeah, God. yeah. That's what I'm saying. He was in that. <laughs> did you watch? Did you watch that movie? Yes, you asked me this last time. Oh, dude. I... <laughs> I should just make this a joke, a running joke, and ask you every episode. Hey, did you watch uh, Come to Daddy? I mean, it's a fine film, but God, it doesn't deserve that much attention. Jesus Christ. Um, and then Everybody should watch it. Uh, it's all right. It's fun. I had fun with it. It's I thought fun. it was it was it was wacky. It's not one I really would think about going back to watch again, but yeah, it was entertaining. And then uh, what? Uh, Daniel Radcliffe also did that Guns Akimbo, right? That that was him, the one where he got. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that one yet, but I heard it's it's okay. It's all right, and I put it right next to Come to Daddy. It's it's fun. Mm. I wouldn't go back and visit mm. it a second time. How do you know you okay. haven't seen it? You shit wad. Well, I, p- I promise you that Come to Daddy's better. Okay, all right, cool, cool. You seem to um, got real hard on for fucking Come to Daddy. <laughs> got daddy issues. All right, <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna start going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I appreciate you uh, picking this one. I had a lot of fun with it, and uh, 
my pick now, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on my next pick. Oh, dude. I mean, it doesn't have to be good. We're cinemasochists, buddy. <laughs> well, I think, the, I think the next one is uh, potentially going to be an Abel Ferreira movie, which I'm a big fan oh, of. Oh, so. shit. I hope there's a gun, uh, a nun with a gun in it. <laughs> dude, Miss 45 is one of like my all-time favorite movies. I love that movie so much. Abel Ferrar has just been all over our film group and and discussions everywhere. He just keeps popping up. I love him. I I really do. Like he doesn't always make great movies, but I I just there's something about his style that I really enjoy. Yeah, that he's another one that doesn't you know is not afraid to take chances and just try to do what his vision is. Um, yeah, really. He definitely is all over the map, and I I really appreciate that. I I'll always you know respect and uh, enjoy directors that take chances like Paul Verhoeven and you know think guys like that because you know you can just make a formulaic movie like um a certain man whose name is uh alliteration ss that I won't say because I'll piss everybody off but okay no 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 idea who I'm talking about no no Steven Spielberg? Oh. No. <laughs> Steven Spielberg has brought us some some great entertainment over the years. Hey, Duel Duel is great. Jaws is great. Um I like Munich a lot, but I'm not I just not a fan. Like Close Encounters. Uh, he tr- He pu- yeah, Close Encounters, but he For me, he just it's so formulaic and he just he tries to like pull at your heartstrings, and I- I'm just not. No, wait I'm a minute. Now, because if you say formulaic, formulaic and pulling heartstrings, that's pretty much been his shtick from the beginning, and other people emulated that. So, is it really formulaic if it's the thing that he started doing that and brought it into the forefront and made it popular? I mean, maybe he's just repeating um, himself, I mean, but. Sh- Sure, but I just I just don't like that aspect of his filmmaking. I if it, let's put it this way, if he had gone down the route of Duel and Jaws, and that was like his projector, you know, projection from like the rest of his career trajectory. Sorry, yes, not projector. I was gonna let it trajectory, slide. Uh, <laughs> um, I would be a huge fan because those two movies are great, and you know. Anyways, I'm not going to talk. I don't want to talk about Steven Spielberg. Uh, too late, buddy. Hate mail's coming. Everybody, you can email us at <laughs> cinemashitshow at gmail.com. That's cinemashitshow at gmail.com. Let Ben know how much of a fucking idiot he is. And uh, hey. Hey, me too. Tell me how fucking idiotic and crazy I am. I, I don't mind. I can take it. I, I'm 40. I stand behind. 48. I stand everything. <laughs> You're 40? Oh, okay. No, I wish. <laughs> You're not even 40. No, I don't want to talk about my age. <laughs> um, yeah, so if you have any uh, hate mail, opinions, suggestions, you want a vi- uh, guest on the show, send us an email, uh, and we'll get back to you right away. Yeah, uh, you can also catch us on Twitter. I'm There's at Cinema Shit Show on Twitter. Uh, we have an at Cinema Shit Show on Blue Sky. Uh, there's a Facebook page. I'm not sure how findable that one is, but guess what the name is? It's, uh, Cinema Shit Show. Uh, and... 
One day I will be on Instagram. I am. Yeah, you, I finally have an email address, uh, which I'm proud of myself. I finally did that. Ben did something. Instagram is coming next. <laughs> I did something. Instagram's coming next. So, all right. Anyways, if you if you're still listening to this, we love you. Thank you for listening. Uh, we're open to any suggestions, hating or loving or whatever. And uh, yeah, yeah, we're wide open, just like Ben's mom. You had to wait till the very last minute to put that one in there. I love it. I got it. All right. Come grow with us, everyone. Oh. We're getting better, we hope. Let us know how much we suck or how much we've improved. Who knows? But yeah, it's the shit show. It's what you signed on for. I love you, Ben. Love you, too. Talk to you later. All right. Bye.